I've mentioned it to my family, but in terms of telling people like, oh yeah, we're doing this, I'm looking for projects. You got anything? Yeah. I'm, I'm not there yet because it scares the out of me. Dreaming of launching your own architecture firm? Well, buckle up for a wild ride with Emerging, the podcast that shares what it's really like to start an architecture firm. Where do we begin? We don't even know what type of business to formalize as. Is it an LLC? Is it an LLP? Like, how are taxes? I mean, the list is astronomical. Season one featured founders Jeffrey, Lexi, and Chris, owners of Level Studio Architecture, are your fearless guides on this unfiltered journey from napkin sketches to a thriving studio. One evening, stumbled into one last dive, we sat at the bar and pondered our postgraduate futures. Amidst the conversation, a napkin became the canvas for our aspirations, sketching plans and milestones, sealing our heartfelt commitment and shared dreams. In drawing down dreams on a napkin collectively, that <laughs> then, you know, in your head, you've rooted like, oh, I'm connected to these people, like long-term. The process of starting an architecture practice brims with excitement and challenges, demanding meticulous planning, flawless execution, and unyielding resilience. I kind of hate the term because it's so overly used, but I think everybody knows imposter syndrome. And I think it's it's so real to this day. I, I, I don't know if it's with everybody, but with me, I'm always questioning like us, can we do this? Are we ready to do this? Are we prepared? Can we do it? Did we just decide a name? <laughs> we did it, guys. Oh my the one that God. came out of nowhere. Woo! It came out of nowhere. I liked it. I saw it. Ready to turn your aspirations into reality? Follow the link in the show notes to subscribe to Emerging and chart your own path to architectural success. Historically, the work of Black architects has not been recognized at the same level and through the same lens as their peers. Although they attain the same education, perform on the same project teams, and complete similar project types, their credentials are questioned and their work often goes unnoticed. We're here to change that, 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 that. Today is Friday, November 5th, and I just have to tell y'all, I am all in my architectural feelings today. I really wanted to put a date on this episode so I can remember how I'm feeling and let everybody know the ups and downs of researching, meeting uh, these individual architects and documenting their beautiful architectural work. How, as an architect of color, I get pulled into my passion for this work. So this is the day I found out that one of our trailblazer architects, Nathan Johnson, passed away today at the age of 96. Some of you listening may be asking, who is Nathan Johnson? For the architecture community, Nathan Johnson is like the equivalent of Barry Gordy Jr. They both had similar stories where they weren't able to have an office downtown for Nathan Johnson or, you know, get the money to, to start up their businesses. Similar to Barry Gordy, Nathan Johnson bought two houses along West Grand Boulevard, created an addition between the two, kind of really modernized this building and made his, his architectural studio right on West Grand Boulevard, a block down from Barry Gordy. It was uh, two and and Russell Woods all had the red trim. Yeah. I can't believe that tree's gotten that big. I'm not that old. <laughs> <laughs> it was about that big when I started. Yeah, half the, it wasn't even tall as the house, was it? Yeah. 
Time flies. Yeah, yes, it does. Mm. So between the time you worked for White and Griffin and starting your own firm, you worked for Victor Gruen? Yeah. Okay. So what projects did you work on while you worked for uh, Victor Gruen? Victor Gruen? Yeah. When they first found out that I could do what I did, they made me a job captain. Okay. And a matter of fact, I was a job captain for Eastland. Eastland Mall? Eastland Center. Eastland Center. I, I, I was the architect that uh, Victor Gruen appointed for that, the prime architect. Yeah. That's great. How did your coworkers feel reporting to you as a job captain? They were just it. That was it. They accepted <laughs> They it. had to do it, right? <laughs> okay. I had one friend, her name was Marion Charles, who mm-hmm. went up and got a job at Gruen's. And she told him about me, and, and uh, I went up and, and they hired me. Ralph Stevenson hired me right away. Okay. And it made me a job captain. Mm-hmm. So what made you want to start your own firm? Why did you start Nathan Johnson Associates? <laughs> to be have, have an architectural firm. You wanted to be your own boss? Of course. Okay. <laughs> I think all architects feel that way at some yeah. point. <laughs> I still can't believe that tree is that big. <laughs> Welcome to Hidden in Plain Sight. I'm Karen Burton. Hi, I'm Sandra Little. As little girls, we dreamed of becoming architects. For me, it started out with loving to draw, liking to do art projects, So I started to research what an architect does. Uh, My first research paper was on Mies van der Rohe and the work he did in Detroit. And I had to put together all this information because I knew my mom didn't play. (laughs) So I had to come to her with a legit career. What got you started in architecture, Karen? Well, like you, Sandra, I liked art. I was good at math. And I loved when my dad would walk us through the houses that were under construction in our neighborhood. I also had an uncle who was an architect, and my family told me stories about him, and the pieces all came together for me. We invite you to join us on this very personal journey as we weave together stories from the careers and lives of Black architects and highlight hidden in plain sight projects for our award-winning Noir Design Partee project that was birthed in Detroit. Um, It's an 8,000-square-foot commercial space, restaurant, brewery, it will be home to, I think, the first black brewer in the state of Michigan. Uh, he runs a, a brewery in Ypsilanti, uh, my home hometown. Um, I'm also a part of, uh, with my partner, uh, affectionately call it the Deco Building, because there's architectural uh, features that, that give a nod to uh, Art Deco. It's about 8,000 square feet, you know, two stories. Um, it's mixed use, so it's residential on top. Commercial on the bottom uh, side lot, which provides opportunities for activation, uh, community activation. But we need to really focus on those who are coming up behind us. And so I think we have to really promote it. I think we have to like do a better job of being excited about the work that we're doing and letting people know. In fact, that's one of the things I like to do as AIA president, really you know, raise the profile of the architect and the public eye. And I think that Detroit has a very unique story in that, you know, we are a predominantly African-American city. 
to look at all the opportunity to help rebuild certain parts of the city that, you know, that had undergone pretty drastic disinvestment. You know, how do we empower Black architects in particular to be a part of the solution to the problems that, you know, we've been experiencing virtually our, our entire lives? Now the world can get to know the very significant contributions contemporary and trailblazing architects have made to the profession, the community, and major cities across the U.S. Ultimately, the goal of our project is to influence inclusion and to tear down the barriers to a career in architecture for future generations. Hidden in Plain Sight is part of the Gable Media Network. You can find similar shows at gablemedia.com. That's G-A-B-L-media.com. Hidden in Plain Sight, that's spelled S-I-T-E. Coming fall 2022. Subscribe now so you don't miss an episode. Want to learn more about the unknown ladies of architecture? Then I recommend you listen to She Builds Podcast, where we tell the stories of remarkable women who have shaped the design and construction industries. Hi, I'm Jessica. I'm Nurjiti. And I'm Lizzie. After we graduated from Syracuse University School of Architecture, we set out to learn and share the untold stories of women that traditional school curriculum left out. One day, there's an announcement on campus that women had been seen wearing, quote, inappropriate clothing. Gasp. What the heck does that mean? Yeah, so it turns out that Ruth and her fellow classmates were these women. They had field classes where they're doing welding, forging, and foundry work. And obviously they have to wear jeans to those classes instead of like dresses or whatever else. While Gertie was in school, she wasn't just going to classes, trying to stay alive like some of us. I know that was me in school, just taking it day by day, but not Gertie. She became the president of Evigol, an honorary association of Cornell women architects. Of course she did. These are stories not taught in schools. Women who've molded the world of architecture, construction, and development for over a century. From Jane Jacobs to Ray Eames, She Builds Podcast explores the legacies of trailblazers. Subscribe now on your favorite podcast platform. Let's fill the gaps in history together. All you have to do is follow the link in the show notes and subscribe and be part of a movement to expand industry narratives.